Well, our second scripture reading comes to us from the book of Isaiah, chapter 9, verses 1 through 7. You can find that in your pew Bibles on page 1072. 1072. We'll also have the words on the screen for you. Isaiah 9, verses 1 through 7. Nevertheless, there will be no more gloom for those who were in distress. In the past, he humbled the land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali. But in the future, he will honor Galilee of the Gentiles by the way of the sea along the Jordan. The people walking in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of the shadow of death, a light has dawned. You have enlarged the nation and increased their joy. They rejoice before you as people rejoice at the harvest, as men rejoice when dividing the plunder. For as in the day of Midian's defeat, you have shattered the yoke that burdens them, the bar across their shoulders, the rod of their oppressor. Every warrior's boot used in battle and every garment rolled in blood will be destined for burning, will be fuel for the fire. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given. And the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time on and forever. The zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. Thus ends our reading of God's holy word. May all who hear it find that they have this mighty God fighting for them. Too often in our world today, we have our hopes dashed by broken promises. Consider the, the, the politician who, who pledges to do great things if he gets elected. But once he is in office, he seems to disappoint. Or think about that absent father who who tells his child that that he'll be there, either at that game or or the recital, but then fails to show up. Or how about that lazy teenager who who promises to help around the house, but then loses track of time and, and the chores just never get done. There are many reasons that a person might break their promise. Sometimes they are just unfaithful, and it's their own fault. They they cannot be trusted. But often, life happens, and a person finds themselves powerless to fulfill the oath that they made. They may have had the best intentions, but in the end, they were incapable of living up to their word. When this happens, it is a demonstration of our human frailty. No matter how hard we try, there are just times in life where we just can't get it done. This Advent season, we have been looking at this passage from Isaiah 9 and paying particular attention to verse 6. For to us, a child is born. To us, a a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, 
Prince of Peace. And it is these four names that this child has been given that that has been our focus. Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and Prince of Peace. Last week, we looked at, at, at Wonderful Counselor. And we discovered that, that Jesus is this wisdom from on high who, who lights our path in the darkest of times. And we found out that the, that the reason that he has such knowledge is because he was there from the beginning. He was the very, very one through whom the whole of creation was orchestrated and made. Thus, his decrees, they are of the highest order because they are in, agree- in agreement with a creation mandate. But we also learned that, that in, this, in the wisdom of this wonderful counselor, he had also devised a plan of salvation, a plan to, to rescue man from all of their enemies, a plan that to the, to the human mind seems foolish, yet to the mind of God, it is perfect wisdom. For this wonderful counselor would become a child, he, he would be the son who is given to us. He would take upon himself human flesh in order to rescue his people. But it is one thing to have a plan. It is quite another to carry this plan out to fruition. Would this child be able to fulfill his promise? Would he have the strength that it, that it takes to defeat his enemies? We will discover the answer to this when when we look to this next name, Mighty God. These words that we translate as Mighty God is El Gabor in the Hebrew. El meaning God and Gabor meaning strong or powerful or mighty, particularly in battle. And so when you string these words together, you have this child who is strong. He he is this son who is a powerful warrior. He is El Gabor, the God who is mighty. Think about that for a second. How can a child be God? How, How can someone who is born have a divine nature? This is what we were hinting at last week when, when we described this wonderful counselor who was, who was there from the foundation of, foundations of the heavens and the earth. He was present from the beginning because he created it all. He is none other than, than Yahweh, the great I am. And yet, he is a son that is given to us. He is God in human flesh. This, this was his wise plan to bring about his salvation. He would humble himself by taking upon this frail, frail form, the form of a child. But he isn't just described as God. Rather, he is the mighty God. Like I said earlier, this this word mighty, this word gabor, is usually used to describe a warrior, someone who is victorious in battle. In the Old Testament, this this word is often used as a label for men like Joshua, men like David, those those who were conquerors. 
But rarely do we see it used to describe God himself. In fact, we only, only see it a few times. For instance, in, in Psalm 24, verse 8, we read this. Who is this king of glory? The Lord, strong and mighty. The Lord, mighty in battle. What the psalmist understands is that true victory belongs to Yahweh. And without God on his side, every battle would be a losing one. This child who is given to us is this mighty warrior who brings victory to his people. He, he takes the fight to his enemies and delivers from their hands those who are pressed, those who are burdened. And because of this, his people can rejoice. Look, look back again at our passage from Isaiah, Isaiah 9, verses 3 and 4. You have enlarged the nation and increased their joy. They rejoice before you as people rejoice at the harvest, as men rejoice when dividing the plunder. For as in the day of Midian's defeat, you shattered the yoke that burdens them, the bar across their shoulders, the rod of their oppressor. A couple things of note here. First, we, we see the effects of what comes about when this mighty warrior God goes into battle. And the first is that the nation is enlarged. How can this be? Because he has conquered territory. He has increased the size of his kingdom. And the greater the kingdom, the greater the joy for his people. For it means that their land is secure and their homes are safe. They can have a, have a peace of mind because this mighty God has gained victory in battle. And then in verse 4, we get this, this comparison that, that mentions the defeat of Midian. What is this referring to? Who is Midian? Well, this is a reference to the book of Judges and, and the story of Gideon. This is what we read about in our, in our first scripture reading. It, it was during Gideon's time that the, that the Israelites were being oppressed by the Midianites. For when the Jews would, would, would plant their crops, the, the Midianite forces would come and, and ruin what was sown. But they wouldn't just stop with, with the harvest, no. For they would kill off their livestock as well. These wicked men, they, they ravaged the land, leaving the Israelites impoverished. But God heard their cry, and in answer, he spoke to Gideon. Look at Judges 6, verse 12. When the angel of the Lord appeared to Gideon, he said, The Lord is with you, mighty warrior. God called this man a mighty warrior. Or Gabor Hayayil. He, he told Gideon that he would use him to rescue his people. Now, Gideon did not view himself as mighty. No. Rather, he considered himself to be uh, very, very weak, the least of his people. Look, look at Judges 6, verse 15. But Lord, Gideon asked, how can I save Israel? 
My, my clan is the weakest in Manasseh, and, and I am the least of my family. How many of you feel weak? How many of you feel like your, your enemies are, are too strong and that you are losing the battle? The world has become too much, too much to handle. And you'd rather just hide away than engage. This is how Gideon felt. The, the, the Midianites, they were too strong, too powerful, too mighty. And yet God answered this man by giving, giving Gideon words of courage. Look at, look at the next verse. Look at verse 16. The Lord answered, I will be with you, and you will strike down all the Midianites together. I will be with you. What more encouraging words can one receive than for God himself to say, I will be with you. You see, Gideon, he was correct in his assessment of his own ability. That he was a weak man, incapable of defeating the Midianites. Yet he had an ally that was like no other. El Gabor. This mighty, mighty God. That was who was on his side. Listen, even the the weakest of men is, is like a mighty warrior when God is fighting your battle. For when El Gabor goes before you, then there is no opponent that is too strong. No enemy that cannot be overcome. And this was the case for Gideon when he went up against the Midianites. If you know the story, then you know that God took an army of of 30,000 Israelites and then whittled them down to 300 men. He then used those 300 men to rout the whole encampment of the Midianite army. This was no triumph by the strength of men. No. It was El Gabor, this mighty God who gained the victory. Yahweh was determined to demonstrate to his people just how mighty he truly is. He took this weak, frail man along with only 300 others, and sent to flight thousands. Only a powerful, powerful God can accomplish something like that. And this is why the people rejoiced. For El Gabor was on their side. The yoke that had burdened them was shattered. The bar that was across their shoulders was no more. The rod of their oppressor was broken and they would finally be able to enjoy that harvest once again for truly indeed their nation had been enlarged but this triumph over the Midianites was just a shadow of the victory that was to come for this mighty God this El Gabor would become this child who was given to us Look at Matthew 1, verse 18. 
This is how the birth of Jesus Christ came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph, but before they came together, she was found to be with child through the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph, her husband, was a righteous man and did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. But after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will be with child and will give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. This Jesus, this Emmanuel, is none other than the mighty God. Although he was born in a lowly manner, he is the King of kings. He is the Lord of lords. And if he is a king, then he brings with him a kingdom. Since since the day he was born, he has been enlarging his nation. From those shepherds who heard the angelic voices, to the magi from the east who bowed before him, this this Emmanuel, this, this mighty God has been shattering the yoke of our oppressor, which is our sins that burden us down. Dear friends, Jesus is this valiant warrior. A warrior whose power is so great that his enemies quake before him. And this is evidenced in the the life that he lived. Just, Just think about the command that he had during his earthly ministry. The blind received sight. The lame walked. The deaf could hear. And even the dead were raised. Demons writhed in fear as he approached them. And with a single word, he could cast them out. Even the elements were obedient to his voice. As he walked upon the water, he, he, as he calmed the storm, as he fed the 5,000. He is this mighty God, this El Gabor, who tramples over his enemies. And the last enemy that he would defeat would be death itself. For as he hung from that cross, taking upon the sins of this world, he did not flinch. He faced the just penalty that was meant for us. And he absorbed it all. And then he laid in that tomb for three days. Yet on that first Easter morning, He conquered death as he rose victoriously. Do you see it? Jesus fulfilled his promise. And he could do so because he is this mighty God. And because of this, because he was capable of defeating his enemies, he brings that same victory to anyone who trusts in his name. And it is in this way that he expands his kingdom. 
For every time a soul hears, hears the good news of this son who was given to us and then bends a knee to this, to this mighty God, then the kingdom grows. For the territory that Christ seeks to enlarge is comprised by the hearts of men. And daily they are being claimed by this strong, strong warrior. And for that alone, that, that should give us reason to rejoice. Tell me, has this mighty God laid claim upon your heart? Has this El Gabor expanded his kingdom by grabbing hold of you? If not, then, then trust in him today. Turn from your sins, those sins that have oppressed you, and find, find freedom, the freedom that you seek, the freedom that can only come in his kingdom. For once you do this, then just like Gideon, you too can rejoice. For the promise that was given back then, given back then is the same promise given to you today. Look at, look at Jesus' last words in the Gospel of Matthew. Look at Matthew 28, verse 20. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Just as this mighty God was with Gideon, he is now with you as well. Jesus, this one who holds all authority in heaven and on earth, he is by your side. He is there when you need him most. And what better reason can one have to rejoice? For to us, a child is born. To us, a son is given. And he will be called Mighty God. Let us pray. Father, we praise your name. For in the darkest times, you, you sent your son to, to rescue us. He is El Gabor, our mighty God. And he brings us victory over all of our enemies. May your Holy Spirit help us to rejoice this, this Advent season. Let him help us to remember the triumph of our King. And let us spread this joy to those around us. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.